We are once again here at the On The Whistle podcast to talk to Mr. Julian Bailey at Cape Town City, the ever-moving, ever-groundbreaking club in Cape Town, which is owned by Mr. John Cometas, which was on our last podcast, which we were happy to have. Julian, how are you? Hey, I'm fantastic. Thank you. How are you? Very well. It's lovely to have you on. Uh, as we were talking just prior to the show, a lot of people are, don't naturally associate a football club with different levels of positions. Uh, but you work in the media side at Cape Town City and you work with the, the, the community, you work with promoting the club. Um, how does your role support this new juggernaut that is Cape Town City? Yeah, so I think there are a lot of elements to footballers more than what people see on the pitch. Um, a lot of them do want to get involved in communities where they come from. Um, they do want to be, you know, so, so get the recognition for the hard work they've put in. Uh, I do give them a big boost of confidence um, in the media as well as within our club. Um, I think putting them in the media and allowing them sort of being a mouthpiece for them allows them to become the brand they want to become. It becomes the, pl the player they want to become, um, what they want to be known as. Um, it helps them also further than only our club, uh, brands looking at them and s identifying them as, as a potential brand ambassador. So those are kind of different elements that, that where media or a media department of a club can, can help players, can help boost the player's career. Um, it can put them in the eye of the national team. So, yeah, those are those are elements that I I, I think uh, us as a media department uh, kind of boost the club and the players itself. So one thing I found out with Cape Town City, uh, and there's been other clubs within the uh, the PSL at this moment who have really locked down their clubs to us, uh, and I talk to people that want to talk to them, uh, and not in a harmful way but just want to start some sort of relationship with the club. The thing that I found out with Cape Town City is the accessibility. You know, I was, we were able to talk to your owner very easily through yourself and get access to yourself. Um, how was that different from your competitors? Why are you different from your competitors? Um, I, I think it starts with, with us being very close to our fans. Um, being close to the fans of the club, allowing them into our space. Um, we've had so many fans come into the office, into the training ground. Um, we've had competitions for fans to win uh, access to a full match day experience, a lot of them actually. So I think that's how it started. And, and I think simultaneously to, to be media friendly is important. I mean, it's, it's not a case of we are doing the media a favor for us. We are here to serve the media because in doing that, the media are putting us to the public, to the fans. Um, so for us, it's all about connecting with our fans in as many platforms as we can. Um, we also understand that the media industry is a business. Um, and it's a business that need us as much as we need them. So for us, it's, it's crucial to be media friendly and to allow as much access to the club as possible. I think also, we, we always work within the club as well as outside. We work with the open door policy. We, we declare everything, we, we show everything. 
um, I think we're one of the first clubs in South Africa to show things inside the changing room and, and just play the team talk of the coach, for example. Um, so, so for us, there's nothing to hide. We, we, are, we are openly exploring different avenues and making that available to our fans and to the media. I think a lot of clubs still uh, shield themselves from that. Um, of course, they come, they come a long, longer way than us. Um, so they might have been hurt one or two times along the way, which made them a lot more protective. Um, and I think that's, that's the beauty of a new club coming in. You can kind of create new things and set boundaries for yourself that aren't at other clubs and push boundaries that have been there before. And I think that's what we've done since the beginning of the club. Uh, we've been very disruptive in the PSL. And we've shaken up a lot of <laughs> a lot of things that have where we've been told it's always been that way, and then we go, okay, but why? Why can it not be this way? And and those are things that we've strived to do a lot more, um, and we will continue doing that. I think new clubs, uh, hopefully, there aren't a lot of new clubs coming into the league, but new ways of doing things has to be there for the league to evolve into something bigger and better. You know, Julian, listening to yourself and, and just listening to some of the sound bites you're making, you speak about being disruptive. John spoke about that as well. You speak about fans and you speak about allowing fans access to this new project, which is Cape Town City. And you also spoke about why. Why not? Why allow it? You know, and, and these three sorts of segments in your conversation are so important to the the next step of your club now as i i've played professional football before being on the being with a team during the week i understand the 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 build up to a game i know you're playing uh, today um what is it like for a media person the week or a few days prior to a game what is your role you know people don't know about this so what are you actually doing are you just sitting on your phone passing twitter comments what is it <laughs> it's it's absolute chaos that's what it is <laughs> um so yeah leading up to a match any particular match obviously bigger matches go go hand in hand with much more workload because there's more interest in the game there's media popping out of nowhere that you haven't heard of for months and they want to do interviews all of a sudden. Yeah, so there are obviously press conferences with the coach and some players to to get give the media obviously uh, the, the comments they need and ask the questions they want to ask ahead of the game. Um, there are certain videos and audio clips we have to record um, for for media who aren't in Cape Town. So we, we do try and service media nationwide and sometimes internationally like yourself um, so those are certain like interview elements that build up to a game where where my job is to make sure that we are in every newspaper every tv show every radio station so that as many people as possible can know about our home matches um, i think that's a big problem in the psl the fixtures are not well advertised and for i found that that is a problem for us a lot of people don't know when we are playing. Um, I, I don't know exactly why that is, but I'm trying my best to put us in every media platform that we can. So we are a very busy club leading up to a match. And then obviously there is the social media element 
where we, we plan content obviously in advance, but it has to be executed every day, three, four times, sometimes six, seven times a day. So we do execute a media strategy, a social media strategy. Um, and yeah, just connecting with the fans as well, just creating a bit of hype within the different WhatsApp groups we have going. And we have some group leaders who aid us with that. And we just try and get the fans pumped. Obviously, I'm talking before COVID times when fans were still allowed. Um, so yeah, I'm a, a lot more relaxed man these days. <laughs> um, but I, I anticipate that very soon we'll have fans back in the stadium and we'll we'll be ready to rock and roll. So it is a, a position that requires a lot of energy. Uh, it requires a lot of people skills. So I think, in my opinion, I I am I'm good at at doing that. Well, Julian, like I said a bit earlier, you know, the one thing that I can talk about Cape Town City is the accessibility. I was so easily i think we we touched contact uh, about three weeks ago i was and i said to you we'd like to interview the owner um i will let you know about some other big hitter clubs within the league where we've gone to the media people to try and interview even the kit man and we can't <laughs> so um yes it, it it sounds like a a, a machine that is ever moving so are you on your own in this machine, um, Julian? Do you have a team of people that work with you? Because you have the social media side, you have the uh, interviewing side that's happening, you have the editorial side of this happening in the background, and then you also have the clips you're providing to the coach. So is there a team together that is making this work? Uh, I've I've heard from a lot of people that it seems like there's a big media team. There isn't. Um, for for actually, when the club started, I was on my own. I was doing the media side of it on my own. But as we went along, we we grew a little bit. So we have about I would say three or four guys who are contributing to to all the media elements. Um, and obviously, a big help comes from the managing director, uh, Michelle Komites, who's John's son. Um, is a very good, good brain, marketing brain, uh, media friendly as well. Uh, I think if you, uh, probably in the future you'll have conversations with him and probably do an interview. Um, just the, the the way he thinks is obviously very forward thinking. Um, he's got some elements of John, <laughs> so so he's also very with things and and can control where he needs to. Um, but he, he studied in the USA as well, so uh, so his his way of thinking aligns with what you might see in the MLS. So I think that maybe is one of the elements that puts us ahead of most clubs in South Africa from a media and marketing point of view. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to talk about pictures. I know this may sound like a simple thing, but okay. following you guys on Twitter, following Kaiser Chiefs, following Sundowns, following Baraka and all swallows. The one thing I see is your promotion of your supporters with the kits on a lot, which gets a lot of hype prior to the games. I noticed that the wave of intensity increases coming closer to game day. Uh, is that purposely put out for supporters? It's uh, honestly, it's honestly very organic. Um, we've created the hashtag, uh, hashtag fans are the team. And we, we make it clear that without these fans that keep supporting us, this team cannot be what it is today. So we honestly 
just genuinely want to engage with them. We want to hear their thoughts, their opinions, where they want, where they see the club going. Um, so those are things that we always do, whether it's leading to a match or just in general. We also invite some fans. Obviously, we select them differently, but we also invite some fans to, for example, all of the events we have at the club, whether it be the end of season awards, there are always fans present. So, so for us, it's more about involving the fans in every element of the club. Um, and I think that has worked well for us so far. And we want to continue doing that when we are allowed, obviously. Um, but yeah, so social seeing our fans on our social media is one element of it, but that's there's a bigger picture involved to that. Um, the fans are involved every step of the way. And I think that's the vision John had since before he bought the club. The vision he had was where his club can resemble the community, it can resemble what the Cape Town is about. And, and that's why I think you, you hear a lot about the diversity we have within our club. Uh, as you can see, the players we have, as well as the fans we have. So that's a big, big element for us. Which is another thing that the owner himself really pushed in our, uh, in our interview. Um, now, you have this team, it's just below, and I say this respectfully, the big hitters in South Africa, but wanting to make the right type of moves. Um, how are you as the media team going to support growing this brand? Because you, you, you've got the market in one of the most beautiful places in the world. For goodness sake, I hope one day I can live in Cape Town. I'm just, I'm just stating that now. I live in England. I love it. I love the weather, but I would leave to go and live in Cape Town. And I can even tell you where in Cape Town I want to go and live. I want to live on the Strand. I'd <laughs> yeah. love to live on the Strand. It's very Afrikaans. I love it. I've been, I've been improving on my Afrikaans. I'd love to live on the Strand. But just tell me, how are you going to grow this brand now? Okay, so yeah, so we are under no illusions. We know that we are a little bit off the the big three, as they say in South Africa. Um, but we are pushing, we are making strides forward in every department to, to get there. Um, and I do believe that we will get there in the near future. Um, but yeah, as a media department, for us, our job is to, to find more and more ways to get into people's houses, to get into people's faces, um, to get eventually kids wanting to come to stadiums, kids wanting to wear the team's jersey, which we are seeing a lot more of uh, in all communities. We've been in the townships, we've been in the Cape Flats, we've been in Camps Bay, and we are seeing kids more and more wearing the Cape Town City brand. And I think that's, that's where the future is. If you get the kids to support the clubs, the, unfortunately for the parents, they have to bring the kids. <laughs> so, so you get kids and their parents you know, supporting the club and wanting to be part of it. And that's, that's one key factor to, to create sustainability where those kids are growing up in a culture of wearing the team's merchandise, coming to the stadium, and eventually they'll become teenagers and come on their own with all their friends. And then eventually after that, they will have kids and the kids will then, you know, they'll pass it on to the kids. And that's what we want, that generational support. And, and that's, I think, I believe that's a way to create sustainable growth. Um, 
and it's a way to to ensure that we always always reach a big big audience where we can range it from people who have supported Cape Town City in the 70s when the club existed then as well as kids who are in primary school now who are starting to love football and can find a home within Cape Town City. You, you, there's a strong thread of talking about the fans, the generation to come, the generation who were there before. And then John spoke about the stadium that he has got. That's his next big project. Yeah. Now, he spoke about it and he said to me that there's going to be an opportunity for us to talk in the future. But what, what was the, the whole thought process of the, the stadium in Hartley Vale? And how far is this project at this point in time? Okay, so, so, so Hartley Vale is quite an historic ground in Cape Town. That was the home of football. Um, Cape Town City used to play their home matches there. So did Hellenic. A lot of clubs in Cape Town um, played there. And, and that was a, it's sort of the glory days of Cape football, so to speak. And the idea was to bring that, those glory days back to Cape Town, where uh, we had a stadium of our own. As you know, Cape Town Stadium is where we play our home matches at the moment, but it's not our home. It's, it's, it's a place for us to play. Um, and even even further than that, now the rugby has taken obviously home to it as well. So they're playing their home matches there. So so it's not really a Cape Town City stadium. Yeah. So the the whole idea was for us to have a home where we could have a blue stadium, for example. I think I think the an atmosphere where away teams come and they feel. Oh, this is Cape Town City's home ground, you know. It needs to be blue and yellow. It needs to have pictures of our fans. It needs to have the players. The Everyone that's built this club needs to be there and people need to feel that they have come to Cape Town City, Cape Town City's home ground. Um, and even further than that, I think we are, we are quite a long way off having, well, I don't think any team in South Africa does get a home attendance of, more than 50,000, for example, on a regular basis. So when you when you have the attendance we have in a 55,000-seater stadium, it doesn't feel like a, a, there's no atmosphere. The atmosphere is not as good as it could be. So if you put them in a 20,000-seater stadium and you have 18,000, 19,000, it feels amazing. It's people all over, it's singing, it's dancing, it's music. And I think that atmosphere can can create a vibe in Cape Town City that only exists here, that you won't see anywhere else. And I think further than that, it's an atmosphere that can drive the team forward where uh, the home section will be, 80% uh, of the stadium will be home fans, other 20% for away fans, like I'm sure you see it a lot in England like that. Um, and that'll give give our players obviously a big push when they see this intimate venue and it's all blue and yellow, that's our colors and that drives them forward and the fans are outnumbering the others. And, and I think that will give us a big push. And, and, but the most important thing is that it will give us a permanent home to call our own. Now you talk about a permanent home, you talk about the youth being involved, you talk about the legacy continuing moving forward. 
the development side of Cape Town City and, and getting your message out into Hartley Vale and finding players. How intimate is this top club with its community and development? Yes, yeah, so we've, we've, um, we've obviously got, I would say, 95% of our current youth players are Cape, from Cape Town. Um, and we've got a scout called Grant Veach, who's actively in the communities, working with different coaches and different clubs, uh, identifying players from all over Cape Town. Um, but I think on a broader scale, we've got a program, and I'm sure John's mentioned this because this is his baby, uh, called the Dream Club 100, um, where we, we partner up with 100 amateur clubs in Cape Town. And we provide, uh, obviously, equipment for them to be able to train. We provide kit. We provide a, a coaching platform where we coach their coaches who will then work with their kids. Um, we also host like bigger sessions where we visit different, all the different clubs with our coaches and some players to work with those boys and, and inspire them to, to work hard and follow their dreams and eventually become good footballers, but also good people. Um, and I think that's a big, big platform for us to look at identifying the next group of players who can come and join us um, and 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 it's not just us taking the players it's us giving back to that club where they come from um, I mean every every amateur club needs kit equipment you know balls and hurdles and all these things so so we provide that and and there are instances where players unfortunately don't make it and we we put them back into these clubs where they can still enjoy their football and and hopefully after a few years, the level has gone up so much at all these clubs that players come to us and they're nearly ready to start playing in the reserve team or in the under-19s or whatever it might be. Julian, I know you got a big game today. Uh, you've just come off a victory to my hometown club, who <laughs> I can't get to talk to. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> um, but I know uh, the, the great Farik uh, Kadoda will make some time to talk to me. I just want to wish you all the best. But before we sign off, um, and you've been very generous with your time, do you have a message for your supporters moving forward for Cape Town City? Yeah, I think the first thing I need to say to them is thank you. Um, thank you for continuing to support this club. Um, continuing to stand by the club through players, their favourite players leaving, uh, their favourite coaches leaving and sticking by the club through thick and thin. Um, I think it's important to say thank you. We don't do that enough. Um, but also to appeal to them to, to gear up and get ready. Uh, when stadiums open, we are going to be there to welcome them with open arms. We are going to do all we can to make it as easy as possible for them to support the club. Um, as you've mentioned, that we, we want to be a club that everyone has access to. Um, we want the fans to feel part of us. And I hope to see all of our Cape Town City fans and even those who aren't fans who are in Cape Town to come to the stadiums, to wear the kit and to support this team and support the dream of, of having a team in Cape Town that's going to dominate the league, that's going to become eventually a powerhouse in South Africa, 
on the continent. We want to go to CAF Champions League. It's a team with ambition and we want the people of Cape Town to support us, to stand behind us. And, and we'll be right there beside you guys uh, supporting you too. Julian Bailey, who's living in the part of the world I would cut an arm off to live in. <laughs> Thank you very much. And to all our listeners out there who are giving us your feedback on the On The Whistle podcast, please continue to follow us. What we do is for you. We do everything in support of bringing you interviews that don't only talk about the football side, but talk about all facets of football media. Uh, Mr. Julian Bailey, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. And for our listeners out there on at OTW underscore podcast, continue listening, continue giving out us your thoughts. And listen, even if you're from Cape Town and you don't follow football, it's about knowing different jobs and different jobs make the machine work. Julian Bailey, thank you so much. I hope you have a brilliant day. Thank you for your time and for your platform. I appreciate it. We'll chat soon.